Ashley. Hey, Nicole. It is time for our Lent Music Monday. Yay. Yay. I'm... Anyone who has listened to our podcast knows the kind of um, people that we are and why we would be thrilled about this episode. Uh, but if you haven't listened before, get ready, everybody. It's going to be wonderful and deep and and a meaningful conversation. So Ashley, mm-hmm. to get us kicked off, will you talk about um, our Linton series at Azel Christian Church? Yes. So our series is called Full to the Brim. And it's meant to be a subversive shift of what we usually think of Lent. Lent is kind of like this austere season. Um, But the premise of our series is that our emptying out is not for emptiness's sake. You know, it's not meant for us to be hollowed out bowls with nothing but cobwebs inside. Rather, the point is that we empty ourselves so that we can be filled with God's love, God's ineffable grace, God's own self. So we're thinking about how to be full to the brim, because what happens when two cups that are full bump into each other? They spill over, and that's what we want. I love it. I'm so excited um, about our series, about this conversation. Uh, The way this is going to be set up is Ashley and I have both thought about separately three things that Lent means to us, three different things. Um, And... We're kind of going out on a limb because we have not compared (laughs) notes and we usually do with this podcast uh, just to make sure we're not saying the same thing or, but this time we are throwing caution to the wind. Uh, We are going to just share, you know, these three things, go back and forth and then share a song that complements whatever we bring to the table. So um, Ashley, how about you get us started with your first thought and song? Okay, when I think of Lent, I feel privileged to go first. I know. I'm a little bit jealous. (laughs) I can call dibs on whatever I'm about to say. Um, So when I think of Lent, I think of finitude. So of course, a big part of that is contemplating our mortality. You know, we begin Lent every year with Ash Wednesday. We put ashes on our forehead and say, from dust we began and to dust we return. But I think Lent requires us to not only contemplate our death, but also our finitude, like the fact Mm. that we are finite. Um, We say prayers of penitence and confession as a way to acknowledge our limitations as people. And traditionally, people have given up something for Lent, which reveals our dependency on things such as food or technology or whatever you give up. And hear me when I say this dependency is not inherently bad. Um, it's just something to think about and to consider and to be thoughtful about. And Lent is the church's reminder that we all come to an end. We are mortal. We are not invincible or independent beings that can be endlessly perfected and improved. There are limitations to what we can do. And that too is a gift from God. Yeah. So Lent invites us to think about our mortality as a gift from God and ask us to receive that gift. So uh, a couple of years ago, JD and I were on a flight. We were getting ready for a flight to Mexico for a vacation, um, which is you know not when you're thinking about mortality or anything like that. And uh, it's like 8 o'clock in the morning, and we're sitting at the airport, and I tell JD, I'm going to run to the restroom before um, we board. And it just occurred to me as I'm sitting in this airport, I just look at him, and I'm like, isn't it amazing that our bodies or that we are controlled by biological processes? <laughs> like I am controlled. 
controlled by this urge to go to the bathroom. JD, of course, is like, I've not even finished my coffee. Please don't say stuff like that. for the love. (laughs) But like on a grand scale, this is what Lynn is asking us to do. Um, So the story that, or the song that I would choose for contemplating our finitude is Learning How to Die by John Foreman. So Foreman's the lead singer and main songwriter of the alternative Christian rock group, Switchfoot, mm-hmm. um, the soundtrack of my upbringing. Yes. <laughs> and it was formed in 1996, which is kind of wild. Um, but he also does a lot of solo stuff and learning how to die is from his solo album, Winter. So the lyrics begin. Um, he's talking to a woman. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you when you're gone. She says, I love you. I'm going to miss hearing your songs. And I said, please don't talk about the end. Don't talk about how every living thing goes away. She said, friend, all along, thought I was turning, thought I was learning how to take, how to bend, not how to break, how to laugh, not how to cry. But really, I've been learning how to die. Hmm. And Foreman says of this song, I used to think that life was kind of accumulating, that you were continually learning more, growing more, understanding more. And then I had a few events in my life that made me realize that life is actually about surrender and losing. In fact, maybe giving yourself away. So maybe winter is the most honest season. I don't think it's a depressing thought, but it certainly is a sobering thought to think that this life that we've been given actually has a purpose of surrender rather than conquest. For me, Lent teaches us how to die. Every year we go through the rhythm of preparing for Christ's death journeying with him to the cross, resonating with the disciples' disappointment with him, chuckling at his disappointment with them. But we learn that triumph and conquest are not the story of God, but rather humility, meekness, and surrender. So that's what I think of when I think of Lent. Hmm. I'm so grateful that John Foreman and Switchfoot, like they've, they've aged so well, yeah. you know? John Foreman has continued to just evolve and to, to just maintain this, his thoughtfulness and mm-hmm. the music. Yeah. There's a lot of music that we grew up with that is cringy yeah. and I'm so grateful that Switchfoot really isn't. I can still listen to it and be filled with this, like, just, I mean, dare you to move, right? Yes. It's just like, it's the ultimate pump up track. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I can. My life does matter. Switchfoot. <laughs> So I, I love that song. John Foreman, too, just as a musician, he can do something like that and do Dare You to Move. You know, yeah. it's like, it's quite a range. So um, I love that song and that thought. And no surprise, listener, I am not going to say the exact same point, but my song choice is between someone who is dying and their loved one. Mm. So um, my first point is Lent tells the truth. And so Kate Bowler who Ashley and I both adore. Kate is a professor at Duke Divinity School and an incredible speaker, author, podcaster, person, just all around great. She says, frankly, Lent is my favorite part of the church calendar because it is a time when the whole church is on the losing team. (laughs) (laughs) A time when we all get a minute to tell the truth. Life is so beautiful and life is so hard for everyone. So my song is by Sleeping at Last, and it's uh, his song called Saturn. Um, instrumentally, I think it's important to note that this song just feels like so cinematic. Mm-hmm. You know those like sweeping cinematic songs that just like take you away? Um, 
and the combo is like of these beautiful, this beautiful string orchestra met with tom drums. If you don't know what tom drums are, they're like the, like the heavy, and like the combination of this like moving drum undertone beat, you know, met with this beautiful sweeping orchestra is, is really something special. And so the, t- the song just takes you away from the very beginning. It's instrumental for a long time and then just sinks into this conversation. So the speaker singer is saying to someone who um, has died, even in that, here is the first truth. Uh, even in this death, here's the first truth. Um, nobody gets out alive. So mm. basically the, the speaker, the singer, is, he says these words. You taught me the courage of the stars before you left. How light carries on endlessly, even after death. With shortness of breath, you explained the infinite, how rare and beautiful it is to even exist. And this person's last encounter with with their loved one held all of the unspoken, unmentionable truths that we carry. Uh, With shortness of breath, you explained the infinite. It strikes me as saying, while you were leaving, dust returning to dust, you were still reminding me of the mystery of it all, that it's magic, that it's a gift to even experience life. Both truths exist at the same time that life is both incredibly fragile and fleeting and spectacular and an incredible thing to experience at all. And the singer goes on to say, I couldn't help but ask for you to say it all again. I tried to write it down, but I could never find a pen. I'd give anything to hear you say it one more time, that the universe was made just to be seen by my eyes. Mm. I couldn't find a pen to write it all down. That strikes me like... Again, there's a truth here. We never have absolutely everything we want or need in the fleeting moment. Like the guy can't even find a pen to write it all down. The control we're so desperate for is just out of reach. But he remembers and carries in his heart the words, the universe was made just to be seen by my eyes. And Lent invites us to tell the truth that life is fleeting and full of deaths and births every day. Physical deaths, but also the death of dreams and plans physical births, and also the births of hope and restored imagination. And this song invites me to welcome the truth that life is all too fleeting for myself and every person I hold dear. Like, it's just going to go too fast, you know? And Mm -hmm. But with that, like, how rare and beautiful it is to even exist at all. Um, And holding both of these in my hands creates so much meaning for me in the present moment. So truth-telling and the way we allow for it in Lent is one of my favorite parts of this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Kate Bowler says of Good Friday, this is the day that no one can lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Me too. Well, my next uh, thing that I think about when I think of Lent is journey, which I feel like is very cliche. Um, and I'm like, I cringed the entire time I was prepping this because oh. I don't want to be like, we're on a journey, but I talk about why I'm choosing this word over like yeah. another word. So, um, the song that I chose for journey is I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you okay. too. Yeah. I think everyone knows this song. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the 1987 Joshua tree album. Rolling stone has ranked it number 93 of the 500 greatest songs of all time. All time. Um, number three. 93. 93. Okay. Yeah. I should have looked <laughs> up like, what number one man, is. It's in there. Okay. Yeah. 93. That feels that feels Top 100. Good. Yeah, sure. Great. Yeah. Uh, so it was written in a jam session, mm-hmm. beginning with the melody and then building the drum beat and then Bono trying out different phrases. And, you know, typical Bono was very interested in spiritual doubt. 
And so he was singing a couple of different ideas. And then The Edge, who is the lead guitarist of U2, remembered a line he wrote in his notebook that morning. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So he wrote that line on a piece of paper and handed it to Bono as the music was playing. And the rest is history. So the, bo- or the song begins. I have climbed highest mountains. I have run through the fields only to be with you. I have run. I have crawled. I have scaled these city walls only to be with you. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So first, as a lifelong journaler, um, I love that this truly iconic song was inspired by a little note scribbled in someone's morning mm-hmm. journal entry. Yep, yep. It's the dream. It's what we all hope for when we're writing in our journal right. in the morning. Right. Yes. <laughs> Somebody would find something of value. Yes. <laughs> um, and second, Bono refers to this song as a gospel song with a restless spirit. Oh, wow. Like, can you put that on my headstone? <laughs> <laughs> That is very Ashley. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So this theologian, um, Sarah Dillon Brewer, founded a worship service in the early 2000s called the Eutucharist. Oh, (laughs) I'm jealous that we didn't think of this first. (laughs) So U2 plus the Eucharist, also known as Communion. Um, And so this service incorporates the band's songs played by local musicians. And she says, a lot of the contemporary music that's written for worship in Christian circles can be this kind of relentless, I totally love God with all my being and everything's going to be great. And that's really not most people's lived experience day to day, mm. which I love. I, and I have resonated with this song. I remember in, when I was in like middle school church camp, the praise band for that week at camp was like obsessed with U2. Like they sang so many U2 songs, but that was my first time hearing the song. Middle school? Middle school. Oh, that's pretty cool. Can you imagine middle school Ashley at Baptist church camp singing? I still haven't found what I'm looking for. (laughs) That shaped you in a pretty significant way. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Everything is making sense now, actually. Yes, yes, yes. This makes total sense. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I initially wrote the word pilgrimage for this section okay, yeah, because that sounds religious enough. Uh-huh. Um, but a pilgrimage is very much about the destination. Yeah. Like it might be about the journey, but it's also about the destination where you're going. And while we do journey to Jerusalem, to the cross with Jesus during Lent, Lent is just as much about the journey as the destina- destination. Um, there's an aching to the Lenten journey that shouldn't be overlooked And we will keep rehearsing this journey to Christ's death each year until we come to our own death. So in a way, we are searching our whole lives um, and we won't find what we're looking for until we die. Um, So I, yeah, this song, it is, it's been covered so many times and um, I just think it's really captures the Lenten spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And there is this like, yeah, it's, it's not, um, despairing, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it is, it's the, it's in the tension. Right. And Mm -hmm. it does feel like the song is moving. Like it's a song you listen to with the windows rolled down, like in the car. Yeah. That's a certain energy, you know, it takes, it's taking you somewhere. It's perfect for journey. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Okay. All right. So my second point about Lent, my second thought is Lent is surrendering to what is. Mm. So it's a surrendering, you know, and, uh, so I don't how you can maybe tell me how to pronounce his name. This is a Reformation theologian, Philip Melanchthon, Melanchthon, 
Listen, listen. I don't have a theology degree. I won't. I won't even pretend. I'm looking like a deer in the headlights N-E-L-A-N-C-T-H-O-N. right now. E L A N C T H O N. If anybody cares to look him up, go for it. I'm getting to a better. I just wanted to be honest. I don't want to say his name. He's a Reformation theologian. He once said to his friend Martin Luther, "This day, you and I will discuss the governance of the universe." And what Luther said in response was, "This day, you and I will go fishing and leave the governance of the universe to God." <laughs> put that on my headstone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going fishing. That sounds no. That's not ours to do today. So. Lent to me is surrendering to what is. Uh, and my song is No Hard Feelings by the Avit Brothers. Mm. Yeah, so this song is written from the perspective of somebody reflecting on what it will be like to leave this life. He's think and and I say that, it's kind of, it's like the Avit Brothers, like upbeat, acoustic, mm-hmm. you know, easy song to listen to when you're washing the dishes, just so you know what to anticipate. Okay, <laughs> it's not going to leave you, yeah, in a corner crying. So... <laughs> He's, but he's thinking about what's it, what it's going to be like to leave this life. And he's thinking about what it'll be like to pass on with no hard feelings. Feelings of like jealousy and doubt and fear. And ultimately he's talking about what it'll be like to surrender to the own unknown with open hands and an open heart. So he says, when the sun hangs low in the west and the light in my chest won't be kept held at bay any longer. When the jealousy fades and it's ash and dust for cash and lust. Mm-hmm. And it's just hallelujah and love in thought, love in words, love in the songs they sing in church and no hard feelings. Lord knows they haven't done much good for anyone. Kept me afraid and cold with so much to have and hold. Wow. I mean, kept me afraid and cold with so much to have and hold. You just, you, you just think about like the physical act of holding all those feelings, the mm-hmm. weight of it all, right? And the final lines of the song read, I have no enemies, I have no enemies, I have no enemies. And Lent asks us to slow down, remove the things that distract us from the truths of life, and take a hard look at what actually is going on. To look at what consumes our thoughts and our time. To look at the course we're taking, the direction we're walking, the journey we're on. And instead of then like motivating us towards some like self-perfecting list of practices, Lint says, yes, and here you can surrender to what is. <laughs> like rather than demonizing and trying to pay penance for our hard feelings, we can acknowledge that from dust we came and to dust we shall return. We're human, prone to wander, prone to jealousy, envy, power struggles, and on and on. And in that acknowledgement, we open our clenched fists. We lay our hands flat in a posture of receiving and surrender to the God of love that meets us even here. We lay down the hard feelings. In our most gritty, tender, honest places, here we meet a love that doesn't ask us to be better, but reminds us that we are wholly and completely cared for and that we can let go of trying to be anywhere else or be anyone else. Just be here as you are, and it's enough. So surrendering is a is is a big one for me in lent Mm. i think i think uh that's a that's one that i try to avoid and lent every year just reminds me (laughs) to surrender um surrender and then and and then not look for more ways to to feel okay yeah just to let it let it be what it is so yeah, 
You'll have to listen to that song. Have you heard it? No. It's it's one of the more like, I, I mean, I hadn't really heard it or listened to it closely until I was looking for a song for this podcast and it's really special. So we'll put all oh. of these songs in the show notes so everybody can listen. We'll make a playlist. This is shaping up to be a great playlist. I know. I'm very <laughs> excited about it. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I think it's interesting that Lent, you know, Advent always begins with this apocalyptic text, like wake up, pay attention. And Lent always begins in the desert with Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, for the first Sunday of Lent, we talked about, um, how maybe the point of the wilderness is not to get out of the wilderness. Like, I feel like we are always like itching to get out, like Mm -hmm. just got to find a way, like, and this is this is classic like people in the wilderness behavior, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. in scripture we see it. People are just like, let us get to the promised land. Let us get out of here. Yeah. But maybe, maybe making ourselves comfortable, maybe, you know, living with some desert imagination is important. And, mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that we talked about was just that, um, the desert like doesn't offer you any kind of comfort. It doesn't offer you like beautiful scenery or, um, you know, a babbling brook to listen to or anything like Mm -hmm. the whole point is like getting disoriented, you know, and Mm -hmm. losing control and, you know, being in these, this arid condition. Right. Um, because even God can be found there too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love, yeah. This is why I appreciate Lent so much. It's a shaking up. It really is. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a unsettling on purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of unsettling, um, the final thing I think of when I think of Lent are, you know, the big stories, um, of Lent. So the temptation, um, but for me, it's the one about Mary pouring ointment on Jesus and anointing his body for burial. So depending on the gospel reading, she anoints his feet or his head. She wipes his feet with her hair. She cries, she breaks the jar, she anoints him. And we see in the story a woman functioning like a prophet. She anoints a king. She's very much signaling who he is. But she's also foreshadowing what is to come, his death. Those spices will be burial spices used on him again very soon after the crucifixion. And there's something really magnetic to me about this story. I mean, maybe it's the fact that something so practical, so costly, so possessed is given for the sake of Jesus. I mean, nothing speaks to like 13 year old Ashley more than like giving up everything for God, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but maybe it's the idea of broken things. I mean, she mm-hmm. breaks the jar specifically and it tells us, so, it tells us something that we couldn't have otherwise known, you know, laying the groundwork for what we do at the table at communion every single week. Or maybe it's because it's a woman who does all these things upsetting the pragmatic head patterns around her, mm. but not caring at all. Yeah. I mean, in any case, it's a beautiful story to me. So the song I chose is Come Healing by Leonard Cohen. Okay. Yes. So I first heard Elena Boynton's version um, on the movie The Farewell with Aquafina, but Leonard Cohen, the musical genius, wrote it. And it has like this hymn rhythm, like it sounds like a hymn, um, but it's kind of a secular song. Um, so the song begins, Oh, gather up the brokenness and bring it to me now, the fragrance of those promises you never dared to vow, the splinters that you carry, the cross you left behind, come healing of the body, come healing of the mind, and let the heavens hear it, the penitential hymn, 
come healing of the spirit, come healing of the limb. So Tablet Magazine calls this song a poem that is prayer in its purest distillation, a prayer clothed in quintessential nakedness, an anthem that celebrates and laments the wholehearted fragmentariness of the human condition. And I just, I love this song because it's like the wisdom of brokenness and, and longing. And I feel like there's like this music in that, that gospel story, you know, like there's such a rhythm to it where she comes in quietly and she breaks the jar and she pours the ointment. And in some versions, she's like crying and wiping up, you know, the, and you know, wiping his feet clean with her hair. And there's just, I feel like there's so much sensory details yeah. to this yeah. story. Um, and so for me, it makes sense to like have this, like, I don't even know, like a hymn soundtrack, um, that goes behind it. Um, oh, gather up the brokenness and bring it to me now. I just think that's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. (laughs) Uh, thank you, Ashley. Yeah. Um, okay. So for my final, what Lent makes me think of or, um, okay. Lent is a practice in faithfulness. So in Lent, we remember Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness. Uh, it's a journey toward the cross, a descent, getting lower and lower. Um, and I talk a lot about how Ash Wednesday and All Saints are two of my favorite days of the year because of all the reasons already mentioned. Uh, <laughs> it's oddly peaceful to me to get to say the truest truths and not ignore mortality. You know, we've said all this. But at the same time, as much as I respect despair, and it's welcome in my life, like any other feeling is. I am very prone to being consumed by it if I'm not careful. Mm. And when I forget that seasons come and go and that change is the only constant, I i mean like on a daily basis, I convince myself that this hard thing, this hard moment will last forever. <laughs> and that this despair can and will probably swallow me whole. And the thought of a real 40 days in the desert, like the mm-hmm. real 40 days, like if I was just like, you know, survival reality TV show, like dropped in the desert, that idea fills me with panic. I would be paralyzed by the fear of where I'd find water, nourishment, shelter. I wonder if I found myself in the real wilderness, if like how quickly hopelessness would take hold. I mean, it would be <laughs> instantaneous probably. Uh, But here is what Lent offers. It offers me the opportunity to sit with that initial panic. Um, A panic that I'm like so familiar with. Mm -hmm. It, it's, it just, it finds me in every day of my life, this like onset of panic um, and impending, you know, dread, despair. And I, and it's, it's the, it's just a, I'm sure we can all relate in some way, like to this tension of like how, how, how do I do this? How do I do this? Um, how do I not allow despair to just swallow me whole? And the panic, uh, the panic in Lent specifically is like a result of everything I depend on for comfort being stripped away. Um, but I'm allowed to let this panic course through me and like all the what ifs. And then just as I'm afraid that it will be the end of me, then here's the kicker. Like then I remember I remember the faithfulness of God. That is is a very important corner to turn for me Mm. um, as someone who like has 
actively like in my 20s had a season of life where I like really tried to leave church like (laughs) it's no secret like it's a big part of my story like really tried hard and really couldn't and and I think the kicker for me is like I'm so familiar with this panic this like threatening despair but time and time again this corner is turned and I can't even tell you how or why it happens other than like just the just the classic truth of like the words of God are written on my heart. Like I just know that God loves me. And I remember, this is when I remember the faithfulness of God. And I reflect on how the love of God has carried me through every season on the mountaintops and the valleys. I've never been alone. And I really believe that. And I'm not sure that I believed that every day in my twenties. I'm not sure that I'll believe that every day for the rest of my life, but (laughs) right now I do. And, and I have been full to the brim with the present relentless love of God. And it does feel relentless, like Mm -hmm. a relentless love of God, this God that like knows me and cares for me deeply. And so for me, Lent is a practice of faithfulness and being faithful in my remembering, like mirroring that faithfulness and saying like, I'm going to be faithful and remembering your love for me and being faithful in my returning to, my turning back toward this God who supports and sustains me through the days of celebrating and the days marked by grieving. Mm-hmm. I practice faithfulness in Lent and remember that God has always been faithful in her mothering love for me. So my song, it's called I've Been Here Before by Sarah Groves. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talks about how she's been here before in both the hopeless and the beautiful moments. Um, so the song starts with these words. I've been here before, stretched out like a man under desert skies, praying for the rain with a thirst inside. Oh, I've been here before, and I'll tell you what I've seen. The hand of grace reaches down to me. A voice inside says, I will be free. So there's, you know, the song starts with this like longing, and then she puts these words next to the final stanzas as she sings about a time of ease and plenty. She says, I've been here before, too, resting in a pasture, honey on my tongue, resting by still waters. I've been here before, feasting at a table in a barren land, saying, I'll never doubt again. Saying, I'll never doubt, never doubt again. Every time Lent comes back around, we can say, I've been here before. We've been here before, and just as we've done in years past, we will remember that no matter what happens, come ease or distress, God is faithful, and we are never alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to this faithfulness, like, you know, we are individuals and we journey through our lives, you know, by ourselves in a way, but also we're a part of a whole. And so we've been here before ourselves, but like, we're also part of this dynamic entity, Mm -hmm. uh, the body of Christ, the church that has been observing Lent for a long time, that has been practicing, you know, this journey to the cross for a really long time. And I find that comforting sometimes, like, you know, with our church, our church was started in 1883. And so we talk about how Azel Christian Church, while maybe not many members living today have been through a pandemic before, for example, the church has been through the 1918 pandemic um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, has weathered the um, pandemic of polio and all that kind of stuff. And so... Um, so in a way, like this church has done this before, you know, like we're part of this, we're woven into this identity and same thing with us, you know, who identify ourselves as Christians and think about, you know, our ancestors of faith is that 
we've, we've been here before we've Mm -hmm. surrendered before we've Mm -hmm. been in the wilderness before. Like, it's not that we're learning how to do things. It's like at a very deep level, we're just, we're remembering how to do them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just this morning I was sitting, um, with one of our members who is a grandmother and has seen so much life that I haven't seen. And, I told her I liked her scarf and I said, you just, you just look like a picture. You just look great. And I was like, meanwhile, I was on my way to church and noticed I had sticky peanut butter toddler (laughs) prints on my dress. And I was like, I was telling Jan, I was like, Jan, I have, I'm realizing I have to check my clothes before I leave the house for like toddler handprints. And she laughed and she was like, yeah, I've, I've been there. Mm. And I think that's, you know, on a really sweet level, like being at our church in particular, Azel Christian Church, we have, we're just surrounded by teachers. I say this a lot. Like, yeah. I am so grateful to be on staff at a church where I'm surrounded by teachers and people who have not only been through, you know, decades of Lenten seasons, but have mothered, who have mm-hmm. walked through the death of people that they love and, you know, just experienced really, really beautiful and really, really hard things. And, pretty I mean I would say on a daily basis I'm just I count my count the gifts in my life and among those are are the people of this church Mm -hmm. who yeah who have walked ahead and it's important Mm -hmm. I think it's really important yeah in a in a gosh maybe I'm just gonna sound like a like a tired millennial, but it just feels like the world is just, is just ice. It's just an isolating place. Like left to our own devices. I do feel like we're, we're isolated, Mm -hmm. um, for one reason or another, but yeah, this place reminds me the gift it is to exist, you know, to like the wonder it is to even exist. Going back to that song, Saturn, like part of that wonder is getting to do life and witness the lives of these people and for them to witness my life and love my child and care for my family and teaches me something about what it means to be human. And that just feels very Linton. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. These, I think even like I was talking to another church grandma this morning and she was asking me, you know, I need to order palms, right? Like she was double checking and, um, for Palm Sunday. And in my mind, at first I was like, well, you definitely know better than I do. (laughs) You've been here forever. And, um, but also there's something like, like, this is how we do this, you know, like there's, there's a kindness in it. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, this person will take the palms home and burn Mm -hmm. them for Ash Wednesday. And this is what we've used to mix with the ashes. And this is how we do Advent and, um, or this or that. And, there's a episode of the show called the midwife, um, Mm -hmm. content warning, um, the death of a child, um, will be talked about in just a second, but there's a, this woman is pregnant with twins and she doesn't know it. Um, she thinks she's only pregnant with one Mm -hmm. child. And so she gives birth and it finds out it's twins and one of them is stillborn. Mm -hmm. And she's with the two midwives with her are really young. Mm -hmm. They both have attended a lot of births, but they haven't attended a stillbirth before. Mm -hmm. And so then two veteran, um, midwives come and there's a moment where one veteran turns to the other and she goes, we show them what to do here. I know. I know. (laughs) Like, and there's, there's something so beautiful to that and like how that's played out in church. Like, and now it's our turn to show them how to do this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that episode has just stayed with me so much cause I'm like, this is it. Like yeah. we're not, we're not alone. We, you know, mm-hmm. like we are so tied up in each other and, and part of each other too. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it's on the one hand, the days creep by, but I really do feel in my bones, like it's all going to go too quickly. You know, mm-hmm. I talk about, especially watching, you know, my child grow up. Like I say it a lot. I just feel like sand through my fingertips. Like I just can't soak it up as much as I know that I want to, or will have wanted to one day when I think about these years, you know, I just, I can't just soak up all the goodness and the wonder, but there's something about sharing, sharing my stories of my daughter with these women or these, the men at this church and, and sharing in the wonder and feeling like, okay, other people are soaking up the (laughs) the goodness of this too. And that just, it just makes it feel that much more amazing to get to exist. And, um, I do feel like there is some sort of, it's like an act of resistance in the world to be like, no, 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 this is very important. And, you know, we might not have like, it may not be the biggest church on the block, right? It may, we, we may not be, not have the budget to throw giant blowout part, but like what we're doing here at this place matters so much. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I'm just reminded all the time why it's so special and why, and, and beyond easel. I mean, I mean that for every church where there is a group of people teaching, you know, the younger generation, how to host a funeral reception. You know, I just, these are the things that matter, um, to me. And, and I just believe on some human level. So Mm -hmm. Ashley, this has been so wonderful. I knew it would be, (laughs) would you please close us out with a benediction? Absolutely. I invite you to come to a place of groundedness. Maybe both of your feet are on the floor, your palms are on the top of your thighs, and receive this benediction. May we remember that even in our most vulnerable and fragile moments, we are not alone. We do not go anywhere that Christ has not yet been. We are not left behind because Christ goes before us and is behind us and is on our right and on our left. We are dust. It's true. That is the reality of our finiteness. But the reality of us beyond our finiteness is that we are held in the heart of God forever. And there is no threshold that God cannot cross. This reality propels us forward in the Lenten journey, and it is the truth we will arrive at in 40 days. Let us go now with courage and in peace. Amen. Amen.